Moments Cover 2 time. Warren is here. This is going to be a great episode. Looking forward to talking about some of the commanders, some of the stories coming out about the 49ers, but also getting into that silver and black, the 49ers versus Raiders when they were in Oakland, right? This was just like crazy intense. Uh, not so much, I think. And then there also some of the news that came out right. about, you know, uh, Derek Carr and some of the other players, I think it's going to be interesting to talk about. But Warren, how much did you enjoy the 49ers Commanders game? And did you have some of the <laughs> similar thoughts that like Jay Hill did, where him and Horse both didn't think the 49ers played to their best abilities? Um, and they thought it was kind of a sloppy game. And then there's others that think like, hey, who cares? They dominated in the second half and got it done. Man, I thought it was going into the game. I thought it would be a four quarter game. Um, I knew it was going to be a tough game going into it. It's just you get those type of games when you're going up against. I keep forgetting it's their head coach's name. Um, uh, it's it's a uh, Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera, yeah. yeah. Uh, Riverboat R- Rivera, yeah. Yeah, I, w- I wanted to call him Riverboat, Riverboat Ron. Ron yeah, so. yeah. So when you're playing against his teams, I mean, like I said, they're hard nosed football teams. They're going to they're going to battle you for four quarters. Was it our was it our best outing? No, I don't think so. Um, we could have played better. Uh, specifically in the back end of the defense, you know there was um, they showed they showed some problems, they showed some weakness there. And to be honest, I mean it's on film now. I think a lot of teams are going to probably try to try to take advantage of that going forward. But overall, you know it was a win. You know the Niners got the win. We did what we needed to do to win the game. Um, there was like I said, there was some mental breakdowns. It wasn't a perfect game. It wasn't our most dominant game, but it was a win. Yeah, you know what's crazy is here we are talking about a seventeen point victory. Um, you know, and it, it, in most cases, in most seasons, we would have loved this. What was it, right. 2019, the 49ers were winning most of their games by one possession. Right. Uh, you know, they were Minnesota Vikings and, you know, kind of style of win. <clears throat> and now we've got a team that is is holding teams, you know, to a, a low amount of points. And then we're starting to score a lot of points. The 49ers have only really had a couple of close games this entire season. You look back at Denver, you know, that's one of those close matchups. Other than that, pretty much all their team, all their games have been decided by more than 10 points, double digits. So the 49ers are playing, you know, pretty well. Uh, but you're right. There were some some things about this commander's game that left you with like, okay, we can, we need to get better at that or we can improve yeah. this. You know, and I think the good news is even though there was those moments, those kind of sloppy plays, um, you know, the two offside penalties from Mike McGlinchey, the Juwan Jennings interception. I think those things, even though they're bad, you still won by 17. Right. So that just shows how great the 49ers team is that they can overcome these obstacles. I agree. And I, and just to add on what you said last week, I mean, you look at this commander's team, that is like the 49ers light. Yeah. You know, they they have they have some talent over there. They have some players over there that can hurt you and they can make plays. And, I mean, you've seen in this game, you know, the Niners – you know, it was it was tough for what two about two three quarters of this game. And then the Niners completely took over, and you know, like you said, we won by seventeen points. But it it was a battle, which I I completely thought it would be. I thought it would be a four quarter game where you know we might have to pull the game out late. You know, we did end up winning by you know two touchdowns and a field goal, which was more than what I predicted. But um, there's there's some there's some spots where we got to get better. There's some stuff that needs to be cleaned up. Yeah, I mean, there was a football, uh, a playoff atmosphere in this football game. I mean, you know, you could feel both teams playing for, you know, that that next level. Of course, commanders are playing for their playoff lives. Right. 49ers are playing for the opportunity to, to not only continue to get better for the, you know, to, for their stretch run and the playoff run, but also to try to get to, you know, in a higher seed. And I think that's one thing they're really trying to do is get to that number two seed. 
And there has been some stuff coming out, you know, about the chances of the 49ers, you know, getting to that number two seed. Warren, I don't know if you've seen this, uh, but they have a 3% chance uh, <laughs> to get to the number one seed. Okay, okay. <laughs> you thought I was going to say the number say two? two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been hilarious, Man. right? Um, but no, they have, you know, they have their chances. Uh, Football Outsiders, you know, has been doing their stats on a lot of the things that go along um, with the 49ers to get to these different seeds. And uh, the one that was the most interesting to me was I, was I saw that the 49ers had a 60% chance. Um, so the 49ers with a 60% chance to get to the number two seed, I think is interesting. Here was the thing that was really interesting. So I'll go through the percentage. I said 3% for number one seed. That makes sense, right? Philly would have to lose both. Uh, Minnesota would have to lose one. And the 49ers would have to win out. So that would make sense. That that's 3%. Getting to that number two percent uh, was a sixty percent. The sixty percent chance of getting to the two seed, staying at three, thirty percent. So they have a better chance of getting the number two seed than they do staying at number three. <laughs> Who comes up with these numbers? <laughs> a bunch of different, you know, a bunch of different organizations that go through it, you know, and, and try to figure out exactly, you know, where these stats sit. Right. It's. I mean, it's it's crazy to read those percentages. Um. Obviously, I, I feel like we have the best percentage to get to that two that two spot. Um, yeah, we just can't get no help. You know, over the past two weeks, you know, we're 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 depending on these teams to just finish the game and get a win. You know, the New York Giants blowing the game late, and then you have the Indianapolis Colts a couple of weeks ago blowing that game late. If we could just get one of these one of these teams to finish against the Minnesota Vikings, we could seal up that number two spot. You yeah. Know? That number three spot, like you said, is going to be it's going to be tough to hit that three spot. I mean, Philadelphia's playing great. I mean, they surprised me how they played with Minshew this week. You know, I thought the Cowboys would completely dom- dominate them, win the game easily. Minshew came in there and actually put up a fight. It was it was an entertaining game. Uh, the Cowboys ended up winning the game. So I I do think that that number one seed is going to be it's kind of out of our range. I mean, we have to look back to the beginning of the season when we had a couple of bad losses that cost us that number one seed, but that two seed, if we can just get a little bit of help, a little bit of help, we'll be able to, we'll, we'll be able to get that two seed. Yeah. The number two seed is important for, you know, a couple of reasons. Um, you know, one of those being just who you play in the second round, you know, and that was one of the things that, that me and, and Jay Hill had a little bit of a conversation about was exactly what we we're going to, you know, like where they were going to be sitting and why it was important because Jay Hill's really worried about round one. He's, he's worried about where they're going to be sitting in round one and, you know, who, who they would play in that sort of situation. So I, you know, I've been wondering exactly, you know, how to, how to kind of get this picture the way you want. And the 49ers, <clears throat> I think in round two is the best scenario because in round, I'm sorry, in the two seed, in the two seed, you're going to get that second home game. You know what I mean? You have Minnesota or whoever has to come to you. And if it happens to be the Cowboys, because you get an upset, uh, I think it's just better to play them at home than have to, you know, go ahead. I mean, you would probably play Dallas anyways, but I'm just saying it's like a better situation to be at home and be in that two seed and be in control. I agree. I mean, however it shakes out, I'm honestly, I'm not too worried about anybody in the NFC. I mean, if we have to go on the road, or or we got them at home. I think just like I said a couple of weeks ago, the the way the Niners play, our game travels. So no matter where yeah. we go, you know, if we have to go to Philly and play the cold, I feel like we're more fit for them for playing in the cold than Philly is. Yeah, you know, um, if we have to go in the dome and and play the Vikings, I mean, 
we know the Vikings track record against us in the playoffs. I mean, they just, we, we, we own that team to be honest. Kirk Cousins is not somebody to be feared. I mean, the only person you got to really worry about is Justin Jefferson over there. Um, so whoever it is, you know, if it's the giants, we got the commanders again, the Cowboys bring it on. I mean, yeah. I, I'm really not afraid of anybody in the NFC. Yeah. So the 49ers have potentially a better chance of ending up with the number two seed than they do uh, the number three. And I, I think that makes sense, especially when you look at, you know, the remaining part of the schedule for the 49ers, they got the Las Vegas Raiders and then the Arizona Cardinals who, it's you know, it could be Trace McSorley, uh, you know, as their quarterback. And then <laughs> when you look at the schedule for Minnesota, you know, they've got Green Bay and they got Chicago. So they got two tough divisional matchups that they've got to go ahead and get through. So I think it does make sense that the 49ers would have a better chance at two than three um, because I think they can win out. So that's one of those, you know, interesting things, but, uh, Warren, if you had to guess, I mean, and, and this is just a guess. I'm not going to hold you to it. You think the 49ers end up two or three? I, I think the 49ers are going to end up with two. I don't, I don't trust the Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding over the past two weeks. I mean, they're barely finishing games. So um, I don't trust them. I think we will finish that too. Yeah. I think they drop one of the remaining two. Uh, I tell you what would be really interesting is if, you know, it gets down to the last week and they lose to Justin Fields and the Bears. <laughs> Uh, that that would be interesting, you know. That, they, have, they have that chance, and, and if Philly lost another game to where Minnesota had a chance to get that number one seed, but then failed because they lost to Chicago, that would be really interesting. It would to be. Me. It would. It, it would. It would be just like them. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think the Four Years are going to end up with two. Uh, that's the perfect scenario to me. I don't care who you play in round yeah. one. You can handle business, and then round two. Uh, make Minnesota, you know, fly out here. Make them have the travel time. You get to sleep at home in your bed. You know, and then you just wait and see who comes out of the Dallas versus Philly matchup. And if it's Dallas, well, welcome them to Levi Stadium for an ass whooping. And if it's, uh, you know, going to Philly, it's, hey, let's go. Let's see what we can do against that exactly. bunch and, and get it done. And boy, would that be trench warfare, by the way. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> yeah, it would be. That'd be a physical football game. So let's talk about the 49ers offense. And I put dirty 30 because they have, in their last four games, they have three games in which they've scored 30 points. This team's only non 30 point game came against the Seahawks on a short week with Brock Purdy with a strained oblique and a broken rib. And they still, you know, did it. They still got it done. 21 points. Easily could have gotten more points in that game, left some out there. But, Warren, what do you think about this offense? Do you think they can continue to put up these kind of numbers? Uh, the next two weeks, I mean, it's, it's definitely a possibility against the Raiders and Cardinals. Can they keep this string of 30 point games alive? I think so. I mean, you look at the way this team is playing since you insert Purdy. I mean, the offense has just been explosive from, you know, all facets. I mean, the run, you got the running game going. I mean, we got a resurgence of Kittle. You know yeah. I mean? This is the Kittle we haven't seen in a couple of years, you know? And then, I mean, you got the deep ball now. You know, you have him stretching the, fall, uh, stretching the ball downfield to our receivers and, and to Kittle, our tight end. So, honestly, I think the difference maker is Purdy. You know, ever since Purdy's took over as as the starting as a starting quarterback, this offense has taken off. You know, and this is what as Niner fans, you know, playing under Kyle Shanahan, we always expected this. You know, like he's he's the he's the offensive guru. You know, he's yeah. the he's the offensive genius genius. That's the title he carries around the league. So we would always expect for him to put up numbers. And with Jimmy G, he never really had these games where they would go crazy. He would have his spots where Jimmy G would go absolutely he'd go crazy. But this is like consistently week in, week out. Purdy is just making plays. He's finding the open man. You know, he's making the right decisions. 
I know he had an interception on the stat sheet last week, which completely not his fault. Yeah. I mean, it should have been on Juwan Jennings. Yeah. But, um, I mean, as long as we got Purdy and he's healthy, I think we can continue this streak of scoring 30. It's like, who can stop this offense? Yeah, it's a, it's a interesting. Uh, I think that I was you know really doing a deep dive into the numbers. I looked at you know a bunch of people have been putting out stats on Twitter, and so it made me really start looking into the numbers. And it's eerily similar how Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo's numbers are the same, right? That nearly the same completion percentage, um, nearly you know the same uh, quarterback rating. Like it's just eerily similar. There's so many of those things that are alike. Uh, I think when it comes down to it, though. They're, it's just a different feel right now. And right. I think part of that is Brock Purdy's ability to navigate in the pocket, to you know throw on off-schedule plays, to get rid of the football uh, when he should be dead to rights. I mean, there was a play in this game against the Commanders where they had a slot blitz coming, and he was able to evade without even looking at the guy, which means he sensed him and probably saw him in his peripheral vision. He gets out with a you know a nice spin move to the outside. As he's running, he knows he's not going to outrun the guy. He gives him a little hesitation step. The guy pauses, and then he chases him to the sideline. But then he gets enough separation to pirouette and throw the ball out of bounds. <laughs> okay, for me, that's a special play. Nice. You didn't lose any yardage. You didn't take a big sack. You ex- you you know, live to fight another day. Those are things. There's not a lot of quarterbacks that can do that. I mean, there's just not. You know, and, and that was one thing I me and me and Jay Hill really disagreed with on our show the other day was he said uh that there's no wow plays coming from Brock Purdy. <laughs> I literally sent him the very first play of the RPO where he throws a sidearm to Brendan Ayuk for you know for a big play on first down. And I'm like, Is that wow enough for you? Uh to me, Brock Purdy has made a huge difference, but I also think Kyle Shannon is more of a groove than ever. And I think a lot of the reason Kyle Shannon's in such a groove is Christian McCaffrey. I think he's made a huge impact on this offense since he got there they started averaging seven points more per game spectacular it is and just to speak on jay hill i don't know what he's watching (laughs) i mean i don't know if he's watching the games or not but i mean everything purdy is doing is is wow you know i mean the guy's mr relevant you know so just just to see him you know escape the rush to throw the ball away is wow yeah you know because I mean, let's let's face it. We're we're Niner fans. We haven't really seen this with Jimmy G. Yeah, you know, we don't. This is not quarterback play that we get. Right. So for him to say there's no wild plays is incredible to me. It's like we have a quarterback that's stretching the ball downfield. He's you know when there's nothing there, he's making the right decisions. You know, and that's that's that alone is like what we've needed. Like just just this smart play at the quarterback position is almost enough to put this team over the hump. You know, and and it just I'm just so confused that he said that. Yeah, well, I mean, he also said at the beginning of the year that Fred Warner didn't make any splash <laughs> plays. So this is kind of this is kind of the Jay Hill thing. Um, I think one thing that, you know, I want to make sure I, I say <laughs> is that Jimmy Garoppolo is very robotic in the way he plays quarterback, right? Oh, uh, the, the soon as he sees a read that's open, throws it. Right. You know? And I think that, you know, that is great. And he can operate this offense at a pretty high level. I think what gets people excited is because Brock Purdy isn't a robot. Right. Um, he will he will do things that are, you know, off schedule and, and shouldn't happen. And he'll take chances or he'll maybe ignore someone that's open right away because he thinks something's about to happen farther down the field, which, I mean, can be great. And right. it can also get you in trouble. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's two different ways to look at it. I think Jimmy G was really good for this. 
team when he took over. I thought he definitely got into a groove and did a good job. And I think Brock Purdy has continued that trend, right. which I love. But the fact that we're scoring more points now, um, I think is it. We, we've talked about Christian McCaffrey. We talked about Brock Purdy. I think we also need to say that 49ers defense, because of the turnovers that they've been creating, are creating more opportunities for the 49ers to score points. Yeah, and that's, that's definitely being overlooked. I mean, yeah. the way the defense is playing is, I mean, it's allowing the offense to make mistakes. Just like that interception that happened, unfortunately, with Brock Perry with Juwan Jennings. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the the defense just lights out. I mean, when they're they're giving our offense, I mean, it's crazy the, the opportunities they're giving them. Yeah. You know, it's just they're shutting teams down for four quarters. And our offense could, I mean, our offense could be in a funk all game. Yeah. You know, and when you have a defense like that, that could lock down for four quarters and you could win a battle, a 9-6 battle. You know, because your defense is playing at a high level, it's it's important. So, um, and not to not to bash on Jimmy too much, you know, uh, before he got hurt, he was playing well. He was, you yeah. know, and he was starting to make a lot of those off schedule plays, yeah. which I've never seen him play, and that's what it had me thinking. Like, okay, we could do another year of Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. if he's playing at this level. So, um, to his defense, you know, he was playing at extremely high level. It sucks that he got hurt. Um, I hope he comes back and we can have him as a backup just in case something happens with us. Yeah, so, I mean, let's go ahead and flip to that because Kyle Shanahan's been talking about players that are going to be, you know, coming in to help in the playoffs. And Jimmy G is spotted, you know, on his little cart. You know, he's got his knee on the cart, his foot hanging off, but there's no cast. Uh, and he's in the locker room. He's around this football team. I know that his agent has said he's not going to be ready, for, you know, he at the time wasn't going to be ready for three months. This does not look like a player that's not going to be ready for three months. He's on the active roster. He's showing up every day to meetings. You know what I mean? If he wasn't going to come back this year, he would be in L.A. training or wherever he you know, he normally trains. So I think Jimmy G has a potential. You know, still an outside, but still a potential to come back. Also, Elijah Mitchell. Good news about him. He's probably going to have his practice window opened here pretty soon. And then Kevin Givens, they said, is on track to be back for the playoffs. So, Warren, 49ers getting strong and healthy at the right time. You know, are these enough pieces to put the 49ers over the top and say, you know what, these they're odds-on favorites now to win the Super Bowl? I think so. And, I mean, we talked about this, like, a little earlier in the season, how as we start to progress towards the later part of the season, we're going to start to get bodies back. And we're going to start to get healthy bodies back. And at key positions. You know, I mean, as you've seen this week, we got Kinlaw back. Right. You know, I know he's on the pitch count. He really didn't play a full a full game, but it's nice to see him out there, you know, and that's something that we're going to need to make this playoff run, you know, because these games are won in the trenches. So these additions, um, I'm definitely for it, you know, like definitely when you could get, like I said, bodies back in the, in the trenches. I mean, it's, it's nothing but a plus. And then, you know, uh, to get Mitchell back, I mean, we see now he was playing. He was playing at the elite level, you know, and to get him back, I know he got banged up twice, but he's still kind of a healthy body in the running back in the running back room to get him back. So um, I'm loving it. I'm loving that we're getting we're getting healthy at the right time. Hopefully we can, you know, stay healthy into the playoffs and and stay healthy throughout. But to get these bodies back at this time of the season is huge. Yeah, and I didn't even mention Debo Samuel. Uh, Debo Samuel is going to start practicing for the 49ers, and you know I don't expect him to play against the Las Vegas Raiders, but Arizona Cardinals, I. Fully expect him to be re, you know, reinstituted into the offense. 
And that way they can get a little bit of chemistry. It's important for Brock Purdy, you know, to kind of build a rapport with Debo Samuel. We see them at the Warriors game, you know, yeah. hanging out for a little bit. Cool. But I think it's important for him and especially important for Kyle Shanahan to feel out how he's going to use those sum of weapons. Because when you remove a weapon, somebody else's role enhances. And we've seen George Kittle have huge football games. But now when you reinsert Debo Samuel, that takes a little bit away from Ray McLeod, a little bit away from George Kittle and the way that all these teams, all these players <clears throat> operate. So I, I want to see what it looks like against Arizona. And it just makes me think if you're adding Debo Samuel, a healthy Debo Samuel back into this offense, that's averaging, you know, in the last four games over 30 points, what would that mean with Debo Samuel back in that offense? It's more fireworks. Cause like you said, uh, Kyle Shanahan's in his bag right now. I mean, yeah. I mean, you look at Ray Ray McLeod last week. I mean, he took that that in around to the house. I mean, that that's that's Debo right there, you know. And Debo's out. You just insert Ray Ray McLeod, and Shanahan has him making plays. You know what I mean? It is like like you said, Shanahan is just he's just spreading the wealth. He has a plethora of weapons, and he's like, all right, this week it's you, this week it's you. So he's definitely in a flow right now. So. But it would be nice. It would be great to get Debo back, you know, especially before the playoffs. You know, get his get his feet warm, get him get him back in the groove of things, and get him ready for this long playoff run. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think Arizona is the most likely. Uh, even though the Raiders, here they are coming up, uh, Warren, 49ers versus Raiders. And, you know, the Raiders uh, last week pretty much had their playoff hopes dashed in that huge loss to the Steelers. And, you know, now they're in a little bit of disarray and lots of news coming out out of Las Vegas about other, you know, situations, including, you know, Derek Carr going to the garage. Uh, the car is it, he's not going to be a part of the, the rest of the season. Now he's stepping away from the team for the remaining two games. So it's not even one of those situations where Stidham's coming in and they're going to evaluate him. And if he struggles, we're going to Derek Carr. No, it's Stidham and. If Stidham's not working out, oh well, that's just the way it is. Yeah. So, what did you think about the news that Derek Carr is benched, and then what do you think that means for the 49ers going against Jared Stidham? I'm honestly, I'm shocked. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm very shocked. I mean, Derek Carr is somebody that I I didn't think very highly of, but I thought he was a solid quarterback. You know, for what he's done in Oakland, for like the weapons he's had, and you know, not in Oakland, in Las Vegas, so they were in Oakland, but. I thought he was a solid quarterback. You know, I didn't expect this move to to sit Derek Carr, you know, for Stidham. Um, I mean, I don't think it was warranted. I know he leads the league in interceptions, but Carr is, Carr is a good leader. He's led this team uh, through ups and downs. And, I mean, he brought over, you know, uh, Devontae Adams, yeah, which is, you know, probably the best player on their team. You know, and, and I don't know if people have seen the interview today, but – uh, Devontae Adams came out and said he wouldn't be in Oakland if it wasn't for Carr, or he wasn't be in Vegas if it wasn't for Carr. Right. You know, and so for them to make that move is is very interesting. And I'm I'm curious to see, you know, what happens with this team next year. Um, but in terms of this game, I mean, I feel like it's bad news for him. Yeah. It's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a very one-sided affair. But I'm very shocked by the news. Yeah, it was interesting. You know, I didn't fully expect it now. I have never been a huge fan of Derek Carr on the field. Um, not, I mean, not when he was in, you know, Fresno State, you know, coming out in the draft. Like, there's nothing about it that just made me excited, you know, about what he could do. But I did not expect them to bench him. And for part of the reason that you talked about, Devontae Adams, 
you know, what does that mean? I mean, the first thought process in mind is Devontae Adams going to play now? Right. Um, I do think he's going to play. He's a pro's pro. I have a lot of respect. And I have a lot of respect for Derek Carr off the field, but I have a lot of respect for Devontae Adams as well. And I think that they're going to, you know, this is one of those things where they say they're taking a look at Jared Stidham, but really what they're doing is they're taking inventory. That Derek Carr is going to make $40 million next year. They need to decide if they want to stick with it or if they want to move on. And I think that's what they're trying to do here. And yeah. one of their worst fears is now that Derek Carr can get hurt. Right. Now that playoffs are out of the you know equation. But what this means is Nick Post is going to get Alden Smith's sack record, right? Because yeah. Jared Stidham is not exactly you know the most experienced quarterback. For his career, he's 32 of 61. So just over 50%. 342 yards passing total. Uh, so we always talk about inexperience with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy has more experience starting and playing NFL games than Jared Stidham. Uh, and, you know, Stidham has two touchdowns to four interceptions. Not exactly dynamic. Now, he's a little bit, you know, more athletic than some. Uh, but to me, this seems like a huge setup for the 49ers to go in there and take care of business against the Raiders. Yeah, I think Stidham is a Gruden product. I think he was the one that uh, drafted him. I don't know if I'm Stidham uh, came from New England. He came from New England. Yeah, so okay. he was with he was with uh, Josh McDaniels in okay. New England. Uh, he was originally out of Auburn. That's right. Yeah, yeah and he, so he was over there for a little while. Um, yeah, yeah. I like I said, I think it's gonna be a bad day for Oakland. <laughs> I mean, I mean for for Vegas, but yeah. I mean, if they had Derek Carr, I think it'd be a little bit different football game. I mean, just because you have you had Devontae Adams and they have that chemistry, and I mean, you've seen what happened last week where. Against the Jahan Dotson, you know, I mean, you just insert Devontae Adams, and I mean, it could be problems, you know, if you get the wrong the wrong guy matched up across from him. But um, with Jared Stidham, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be a long game for Raider fans, and I know this is a game for Raider fans that that they they had circled on the calendar, you know, they yeah. want they want to beat the Niners, but it's gonna be a long day for them. Yeah, I know on my social media, it's turned over the last couple of weeks from can't wait to get a hold of the Niners and beat them. They haven't played anyone. To this week, Raider fans just openly uh, betting against their own team. Uh, and I, I think it's funny. I see Raider fans reaching out to, like, Cowboy fans and stuff. Hey, you want to bet on the game? I'm taking the Niners against the Raiders. Uh, it's one of the most interesting things. But let's talk a little bit about that matchup. You know, Devontae Adams versus Charvarius Ward. Um, you know, this is why you go out and you get Mooney Ward. Last year in the in the you know, original part of the playoffs, they I mean, they had to double team Devontae Adams to take him away against Green Bay. Uh, and, you know, in this case, I don't know if they have to. I, I think for a couple of reasons now, Jared Stidham being one of them, it's Derek Carr. I'm more worried about Devontae Adams. Yeah. Uh, but now Mooney Ward, I mean, this is why you go get get a guy and pay him high price money to take away a guy like Devontae Adams. What do you think about this matchup? Do you think, do you think Ward can completely take him away or do you think he's just going to somewhat limit him? Um, I think you hit, I think you hit it right on the nail when you said the whole Stidham thing. Um, with Stidham, I don't think he's much of a problem. Um, I think you could put you could put Ward on him, and I mean Mooney Ward on him, and 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 I mean it's you don't got to worry about it. Yeah, you know um, if you have Derek Carr, it to me I think it's a different story. You have Aaron Rodgers, different story. Um, I I me personally I think Devontae Adams is if not the best receiver in the league, the second best receiver in the league. The guy is just ridiculous, ridiculous. I wish he was a Niner. I do too. Um, yeah. Um, I just didn't want to pay a salary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the guy off the line is ridiculous. I mean, he could just beat any coverage. So, I mean, if you have a high-level quarterback, you know, under center, he's a problem. You know, I mean, you definitely have to shift a lot of attention to him and to his side 
and, you know, what they got going on with Devontae Adams. But given their situation with Stidham, you know, I don't think it's going to be much of a problem. I think um, the pass rush is going to be too much for Stidham, and it's I think it's going to be in his head. You know, he's going to be knowing that Bosa's coming. You know, he's going to be knowing Armstead's coming or, right. or Ebucom's coming. It's going to be in his head, and I think it's just – it's going to be too much for him. So – um, given their circumstances of what the roster makeup is looking like coming into this game, I don't think uh, Devontae Adams is going to be too much of a problem. Yeah, I think if they had a legitimate threat, you know, on the other side, away from him, uh, that it could be a problem because then you have to worry about helping Diamond Lenore a little bit more. Do I think Hunter Renfro coming back and him being able to run the routes the way he runs, uh, he could get open in the slot or, you know, outside sometimes? Yeah, I do. Um, is it going to be enough to go off and beat the 49ers? No, because no. it's it's Jared Stidham pulling the trigger. I just don't think they have enough weapons, even with Darren Waller, because between Fred Warner, Jimmy Ward, and Talano Hufanga, they can use those guys in a variety of different ways to help take away Waller. Um, and I think they can also double him at times and then go one-on-one with you know Ward versus Devontae Adams, knowing that their pass rush is going to be able to get home. So I think it's a good situation for the 49ers overall, but this is one of those matchups I love to see because I'm like you. I think Devontae Adams is one of the best in the league to do it. I think Mooney Ward's one of the best on the other side. I think he's going to relish this opportunity because he just got snubbed from the Pro Bowl, and I think this will be a good time for him to go out there and prove it by shutting down Devontae Adams. I agree. I agree. What The matchup I'm kind of interested to see if if he's able to get matched up across from him is Jimmy Ward on on, uh, Darren Darren Waller. Yeah. Jimmy Ward is—he's not afraid to say what uh, he could do against most of the tight ends in the league. I, I believe he said not a tight end in the league would be able to catch a hundred yards on him. It was something like that. Jimmy Ward had, had came out and said, I believe it was like a year or two years ago. So I would like to—I want to see that matchup. I want to see Jimmy Ward against Darren Waller because I think he can shut down Darren Waller. Even though Darren Waller is a is a superior talent, he's one of the best tight ends in the league. He just can't stay healthy. Guys having problems staying on the field. Um, but I'm I'm uh, going to keep my eye on that matchup to see uh, if Jimmy Ward gets matched up against him and how he does. Yeah, I like that matchup, and I don't know if Jimmy Ward can shut down Waller. He probably can. <laughs> but the bigger question is, can the 49ers shut down Josh Jacobs? Uh, because Josh Jacobs is having himself a ridiculously yeah. good season, and the 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 Raiders are going to have to count on their running game with Jared Stidham taking the helm. You would think the emphasis is going to be you know, on stopping Jacobs, which, I mean, D'Amico Ryan says every week, right? Our emphasis is on taking away the run game, making them one-dimensional. So I think he does that in this because uh, Jacobs is 306 carries for 1,539 yards, 11 touchdowns at five yards a clip. That's a pretty good number. Of course, you know, well over 200 yards came against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, But you can't let him go. Warren, we have Kinlaw back. You know, they have Armstead. We have the three-headed monster at the linebacker position. Can the 49ers slow down and stop Josh Jacobs? Because Jacobs has only had three times this season he has been held under 60 yards, where the 49ers haven't given up a single 60-yard rusher the entire season. Yeah, Josh Jacobs, is, uh, he's definitely a, he's a hard runner. The guy runs hard. He finishes his runs, and he's one of the most physical running backs in the league. Um, I think right now what he's leading the league in rushing yards, I believe. Yeah, he is. Um, and yeah, I mean you have Seattle to think to that. I mean he had he came to fame the season against Seattle uh, when he had that long run at the end to clinch the game. But um, with with Stidham at quarterback, I think the Niners could solely focus on on stopping the run. Um, Josh Jacobs he does present a problem. You know, I mean he's he's a good he's a good running back. You know, I wouldn't 
to me, he's having a good season. I yeah. wouldn't say he's one of the top running backs in the league. He's a good running back. Um, he's somebody that could hurt you, but I think the 49ers are going to shut it down. Um, I mean, we have the best run defense in the league, best right. defense in the league. Um, I can't see Josh Jacobs running crazy on this defense. I mean, when you know you have Stidham back there, and what's the, I mean, Stidham is not going to throw for 400 yards or 300 yards against you. No. I mean, you stop the run, it's pretty much game over. So, and I think the Niners know that. So they're going to come into this game fully equipped and ready to stop the run. Yeah, I think they come in, you know, load the box to stop yeah. the run and make Jared Stidham beat him. And if he starts to beat him, they'll have to adjust. But uh, if he doesn't, that means a long day right. overall for, <laughs> you know, the Raiders. And, you know, Jacobs, they're they're also going to have probably, you know, to look back at this decision that they made to not exercise his fifth-year option. He's going to be a free agent after this year. They yeah. could have had him for a pretty good, you know, rate as a fifth-year player and running back. I think they're going to end up regretting that decision, but um, I do think the 49ers can stop him because he's going to have to have a more diverse run game. He's very impactful in the middle, running you know between the tackles, uh, but I think to be successful against the 49ers, you have to do it all. You have to run outside the tackles, between the tackles. I mean, you saw it last week. Brian Robinson had some success early. He was able to make some nice jump cuts, get a little bit of extra yards, break tackles, but once we got about you know 10 carries in, the pounding and hitting that the 49ers were giving him wore on him, and he was not the same sort of runner. And I think that is the same sort of thing that happens to Jacobs. They stymie this run game early. Will Josh McDaniels, you know, have the wherewithal to continue to run the football? I don't know. And if they can't get a run game going and they can't set up play action pass for Jared Stidham, it could mean a lot of big time plays in the backfield for Armstead, Bosa, and those guys as they eat. I agree. I mean, Josh Jacobs this season is playing with his hair on fire. Yeah. Like like you said, I mean, they didn't pick up his fifth fifth-year option, so he's kind of he's kind of running with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. He's kind of in that contract year. So <clears throat> good for him, you know, that he's he's having a good year. I mean, he's kind of showing up the Raiders. He's probably gonna um he's probably gonna make a bag in uh in free agency. But I mean I really don't blame the Raiders for I mean his health. The guy couldn't stay healthy, but um, in terms of this game, I don't see him doing too much. Yeah, I don't think so. But I do want to ask you, what is the biggest concern for the 49ers against the Raiders? Uh, Devontae Adams. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, when you really look at this game and, you know, you look at how our season panned out and how their season panned out and, you know, how dramatically their, their roster trend, uh, turned over this week against us. Um, the only player you really circle is Devontae Adams. You know, I mean, he's a true game breaker. I mean, he could break the game open. He could win a game for you. I mean, you've seen what he did earlier this year um, against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. And I mean, they're the, one of the top teams in the AFC. I mean, the guy is a, is a beast, you know. And, I mean, if Jared Stenham has any sense or, you know, like just has anywhere about of, of the, who he has outside, I mean, He's going to want to get him the ball every single play, you know, or try to get him the ball every single play. But, um, you know, the, the Niners got D'Amico Ryans. You know, we got the best D in the league. So I fully expect the Niners to to take that away from Stidham, uh, just create havoc for him in, in the pocket. Um, but if I had to pick somebody, the number one thing, and I mean Max Crosby, I'll, 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 I'll give a little bit of love to Max Crosby. Um, I have some Oakland friends that – that they pound the table for this guy. They say he's better than Nick Bosa, you know, and it's, it's, it's absolutely crazy that I hear this. I actually have a bet, a $50 bet with a friend that who would have more sacks, Bosa 
or Crosby, and we do this bet every year. And th- this is my second year winning the bet, but I give it to Crosby. Crosby is a, he's a nice DN, um, but I don't think I don't think there's really any problem for the Niners going into this game. Yeah, you know, I think if Derek Carr was, <clears throat> you know, still the quarterback in this game, I I would agree with you. Biggest concern, you know, would be Devontae Adams because. And the dude's special. Yeah. I think you got Charverius Ward to limit him, and I think that's going to be a big part of this game plan. Um, but to be honest with you, at this, as soon as the Derek Carr, you know, ended up being out, uh, Chandler Jones, you know, on IR and and all those sort of things, the first thing that popped in my head is our biggest obstacle now is just coming out of the game healthy. Right. Just staying healthy is the biggest concern for the 49ers versus the Raiders because I think they're gonna roll. I think they're gonna play well, they're gonna hit hard. <laughs> And I, I think that, you know, it, it doesn't matter what the Raiders, you know, are trying to do on offense or defense. The four years are going to have great uh, success against them. And, you know, I don't like putting, you know, games as like automatic wins. Um, but I think the Derek Carr move made it, you know, closer to that. Now, Absolutely. there's always that chance yeah. that the, Jared Stidham comes out and they just have one of those games, right? Um, because that is definitely possible. And if the four years are going to have one of those surprise games, Let's get it out of our system. Right. I still don't see it, though. I think the 49ers, you know, that's their concern. But I think they will pay a lot of attention to Adams. Um, you know, Adams and Jacobs are going to be their number one focuses in this football game. Now, War, what's the 49ers' biggest advantage against the Raiders? Uh, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it's it's all across the board, to be honest. I, I mean, honestly, I'd say it's, it's just where the organization's at, you know, all together. I mean where the organization is compared to where the Raiders are. I mean, the Raiders are, they're, they're getting ready for next year. Mm -hmm. You know, they're in full, you know, uh, rebuild mode. Like, you know, let's break this down. Who are we going to have next year? Who's going to be the starting quarterback? And you look across the field with the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, we're, we're preparing for to make to the Super Bowl. You know, we're we're prepared to win now. You know, our window is open now. So, I mean, it's just two different mindsets. I mean, aside from the talent on the field, I mean, the talent on the field, what you got on our side compared to that side is just overwhelming. You know, from defense, all facets of defense, offense, all facets of offense, it's it's just overwhelmingly in the favor of San Francisco, even with our third-string quarterback, which is crazy. But, um, I mean, it's to me, it's just all the above. I mean, I, I, I just can't name one thing. There's so many different things that the Niners have advantage of Las Vegas, it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be a long day. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things, I mean, cause you're right. There's a lot of avenues in which the Fortnite's have a huge advantage. I think it's momentum, you know, and then overall just, you know, the, the kind of the locker room, like where they're at, their right. mindset and the Raiders are going to be dealing with, you know, questions about Derek Carr and, you know, him, you know, being away from the team is just as much distraction. I think it's him being there. Absolutely. And then just the quarterback change, you know, them coming off a game that, pretty much ended their playoff hopes. I think all of those things, you know, play into their mind. Chandler Jones out, Perryman out. That means, you know, they're missing some of their big dogs, and I think that's going to get to the Raiders a little bit. Uh, so I think the four years are going to, ro- you know, walk into there. I think it's going to be, you know, it, I'm sure we'll get some from the Raiders, but I wonder how quickly, you know, they fall away and they're not able to kind of, you know, stay in this game early on. I agree. I mean, the only thing that really worries me about this game is that these two these two organizations have history? We know this was the formal battle, former battle of the Bay. Yeah, you know, so you are going to get you know that hair on fire type of mentality from the Raiders early, like you said. You know, they're going to come out and try to hit us in the mouth early, 
And you're going to get that. You know, they're going to be inspired to play us because it's the Niners, you know. This is their rival, you know. Yeah. But like you said, how long are they going to be able to sustain that? You know, is it are they going to be able to hold on to that hair on fire mentality for four quarters? Which I don't think they will. I think they'll come out hyped, ready to play. But, you know, over four quarters, I mean, they're, the Niners are going to insert their will. Yeah, and let's see how hyped they stay. As of right now, it's expected that the 49ers are going to have 60% of the crowd oh, yeah. uh, in Las Vegas. <laughs> and, you know, with the news about Derek Carr, how many Raider fans decide to go ahead and sell their tickets? Uh, it could inch closer. I've I've seen a report that said 75 to 80% of 49er fans could take over that stadium, which if that happens, that's like, you know, the Levi South, this would be Levi desert. Uh, so, I mean, it can happen. So we'll see. I mean, 60% is enough, right? I mean, yeah. you've taken over majority. Uh, so it's, it's going to be a fun atmosphere in war. And let's get to the score prediction. How do you see this game going? 49ers versus Raiders. I think the Niners get their second shutout of the year. Um, Whoa! Yeah. I like that. I think they get their second shutout. I don't think uh, I don't think Vegas is going to score. Um, I have the Niners winning pretty comfortably. I have the Niners winning this game. I would say thirty-one nothing. Ooh, yeah. I love that. I love that score. Uh, that's fantastic. You know what's interesting is you know when I was uh, did this slightly offsides over on Patreon, I went ahead and, and gave a score prediction um, because it's on Patreon, right? And and people on Patreon get a little bit extra. And so I thought it was going to be 34 to 13. Um, but then the news about Stidham comes out, you know, yeah. and, and Derek Carr. And the reason I gave him 13 points is because Derek freaking Carr was there. <laughs> so then I was on with John Chapman over on his Patreon, and I was kind of messing around, having a little bit of fun. But I said in kind of like a, a little to a little uh, homage to uh, Nick Mullins, the 49ers went 35 to three. Uh, so I've been having fun with it this week. I I'm, when I do my game preview show, that's when I'll officially unveil my game score prediction. And it's probably going to change because I'm still wrapping my head around this. Jared Stidham right. is going to be starting, right. um, but I do think it's going to be a very impressive victory for the San Francisco 49ers. And I, I think that if Derek Carr was in there, they're more dangerous. But without him, they're just not. Yeah, I, I just can't see. I can't see how the Raiders are going to put up points. To me, it's going to take something where like a block, block punt, you know, a return kick, um, some type of block field goal, something like that of, of that sort for them to get on the board. But with Stidham, I can't see them putting a, a 10 to 12 play drive together against this defense to put up some points. Like, I just... I just can't see it. I can't see it. So, um, in in the way the way that Purdy's playing, I think he's going to continue to continue how he's been playing these last few weeks. I think it's going to be a dominant win. I hope so. <laughs> I, I really hope so. As you know, me and you both live in Northern California. We know Raider fans, and uh, <laughs> if the 49ers, you know, don't beat the Raiders or even handily beat the Raiders. Uh, we're going to be hearing from them Man. for sure. So if the four years could go ahead and do us a solid, because we've been we've been living pretty good off that Nick Mullins, George Kittle, 35 to three game. If they could just give us another one that we could live off for a while. So uh, people could be quiet. That I would agree. be great. I mean, 49ers can do us a favor and shut some people up. Uh, <laughs> always enjoy that. I agree. There's no fan like Raider fan. Yeah, seriously. Raider fans. I could deal with Cowboy fans. I could deal with any other fan base, but Raider fan is the worst fan. I do have some. I do have a couple good Raider fans. Uh, my buddy Nico's a Raider fan, and me and him can have realistic conversations <laughs> about 49ers and Raiders because, uh, you know, we don't take we don't do like the other, you know, like the like we the we're banter. realistic about it, right? Okay. Like we'll go back and forth, but we're realistic about it because. Yeah. 
he understands football. He was coached for a long time. He coached with me. I understand football. Like that's an okay conversation. I have other guys that I coach with that are Raider fans and there's no realistic conversation. It's completely over the top. <laughs> and yes, I have all kinds of jokes that are, that, that are ready and, and able and willing for these Raider fans. But um, I, I just think that, you know, this game is going to go the 49ers direction. I think we're going to be feeling really good about it. And Warren, you said, you know, several weeks ago when Brock Purdy took over, we said, Hey, can they go five and Oh, you said, yes, they're going to go five and Oh, and with the win, you know, this will be four. and zero. the Niners have a really good shot of finishing the season 13 and four from three and four to 13 and four. It's a crazy. possibility. Crazy. It is crazy. It's crazy. Uh, this team's come a long way. You know, I was, I definitely had my doubts early in the season, you know, after losses to Atlanta and in Denver. And like I said, you look back at those losses and you're just like, man, like if we'd have won these games, you know, we'd be sitting pretty right now. We'd yeah. be the number one seed. But, you know, if you're a Niner fan, you can't. How this season has played out, you know, with the injuries to Trey Lance and now the injury to Jimmy and then how Purdy's came in and how it's performed, you can't be mad about it. You know, I yeah. mean, you can't be nothing but excited. So, um, I, like I said, this week, I, th- I expect the Niners to take care of business. My focus is kind of going to be on that Minnesota game. You know, yeah. um, I believe who they got this week. They got Chicago this week. or uh, Minnesota has Green Bay. They have Green Bay. Green Bay's been playing well lately. They have? They have been playing well. They're, they're making a late pu- uh, push for the playoffs. So, um, you know, I'm going to watch the Niner game, but I'm going to keep behind that Minnesota game, you know, and oh, yeah. the Philly game. So, and just, I hope we stay healthy. And, and just remember, if we don't lose to Chicago, Atlanta, and Denver, we don't have Christian McCaffrey. Because I don't think Good the point. 49ers would make that trade if they had won those football games. They would feel like they didn't need to do anything. We have enough weapons. We're Good able point. to make these plays. But they were afraid at three and, you know, I think it was actually three and three, you know, that they needed to make a move and they made it right before the Kansas City game. And then after that Kansas City game happened, it turned everybody around and it got CMC got going in this offense. And since then, uh, they've been pretty much lights out. So one of those kind of things where the addition comes because of those losses. And in the end, it might end up paying huge dividends. Might not get the number one seed, but you might also get something even bigger as far as a prize in the grand scheme of things. Right. That's a great point. I didn't think of, I didn't think about that. I mean, those games were hard to watch as Niner fans. We were upset with, yeah. those, with those losses because those were games that we had circled as wins, Yep. you know, but you know, if you look at it in the grand scheme of things, Christian McCaffrey came out of that. He came out of that bad stretch. And I mean that you can't be mad about, you no. know, I mean, he's one of the best running backs in the league and he's been nothing but that since he's been in San Francisco. And so I expect him to be that going forward, too, as, as his uh, career continues. But um, that was a hell of a move by the organ- organization, and um, it's definitely paying dividends right now. Yeah, and now the 49ers are, are poised to potentially get to that second seed. Uh, if they do, I think they're going to be set up nicely. They could end up hosting the NFC Championship game uh, in Santa Clara Ooh. if something happens, you know, and the <laughs> Eagles falter. So uh it, it's it's gonna be a fun experience Warren. we got these two games raiders cardinals and then you know what the next season starts it's gonna be exciting i hope you guys all will join us for the next episode of cover two next week of course we'll be talking about this the cardinals and of course starting to get into playoff conversation because it's going to be more clear after the week if you haven't already liked the video subscribe to the channel uh click the notification bell so you get notified every time shows like 49ers cover two go out with me and warren and uh, thanks, everyone, for watching. This is a great episode. I'm looking forward to the next one. Me, too. I'm looking forward to it, man. Post all those memes after this Raider win. Yeah. Make these Raider <laughs> fans feel it. But uh, go Niners. Let's stay healthy. Yeah, let's go. It's going to be a fun one. Everyone, 
Have a good time. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Go Niners. Go Niners.